We are delighted to welcome our next guest back to the Irish NFL show. One of our good friends from Bleacher Report, PFF, the man with the golden voice, Connor Rogers. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, guys. I'm excited to be back. I'm feeling good. It's always great to talk to you. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. How has uh, your your summer been? We we last spoke to you just after the the draft, and obviously now we're at the beginning of August. How has kind of the the uh, the the downtime, the if there is any sort of downtime in the NFL? How how was that for you? It's great. I mean, you go through the craziness of the draft. I remember the last time I talked to you guys on air was the week after the draft, and I always am guilty of forgetting because of the sprint up to the draft that. The two weeks after the draft are insane because now you have this pool of almost 300 players thrown into the NFL and every single person that's a fan or covers every single team wants to know what these guys bring to the team. So you go through all of that and then you get towards the end of May and then you can finally catch your breath. And I like that part and I get to relax. I get to go some places, nothing crazy. And then about three weeks in, without anything going on in football, I feel like I'm losing my mind of boredom. So I'm very happy to be what seems like unfrozen as it's August now because preseason football is about to get underway. I can't wait. I miss it. Um, I feel refreshed and rejuvenated, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I think that's what you want at this time of the year. But I, I have to jump in because um, we, you know, um, the training camp is just back, but we've already had some big injuries and, and my Broncos have lost Tim Patrick, um, a guy who, you know, was really had kind of balled out over the, the past couple of years when he didn't exactly have stellar QB play. Now the opportunity at Russell Wilson, it's it's not to be losing that big body guy outside um what how do you how do you think the, the broncos can, could respond like can you do, do you leave judy in in the slot because of his creativity are you going to lose something if you move him out because he's got to deal with like the the stuff on the line of scrimmage what do the broncos look to do gunner yeah, it's really unfortunate, right? Tim Patrick is a guy that I think everybody that watches the NFL really roots for because he kind of has an unprecedented rise to, um, you know, not necessarily stardom, but being an impact player, like you mentioned, in a situation that has not necessarily benefited him over time. It wasn't a big-time draft pick, and he kind of came out of nowhere where then he becomes a fantasy darling or a dynasty fantasy darling. Broncos fans obviously love him because he – uh, was the guy out of that group that nobody expected to be that guy. Judy was a first-round pick. Cortland Sutton, there was always big expectations, and when he's not hurt, he's lived up to them. K.J. Hamler, unfortunately, hurt in the past, but same thing where he was drafted. So when you look at it, how do you replace him? The unfortunate reality is a big-body target like that is I don't think you can replace his role, but you have to put more expectations on Sutton to be a big outside target that's going to see an uptick in targets, if we could believe that. With Judy, I think for me, I would keep him in where he's comfortable. Now, I know he can play outside, but I think you maximize his talent from the slot. And I think for Russell Wilson, fortunately, he's been in offenses that have been that do funnel targets in a very low amount of places. And what I mean by that is Sutton's going to have a high volume. Judy should have a high volume. I don't know uh, how they overall plan to get Alberto continue rolling in this offense but that's a big body target that can work the seam can work the middle of the field fortunately for the broncos and this is something russ actually has been used to in seattle but now it's even magnified they have one of the best young running backs in the league in javante that 
Uh, they can also lean on the run game. They could throw him the ball on simple throws in the flat. So it's an unfortunate injury. It's It does hurt them in a sense, but they have enough skill talent and it's physical skill talent where you're distributing uh, distributing those targets elsewhere and they'll be able to survive that way. Connor, over the, I suppose over the past week, teams have started to come together for the 49ers. You know, they, you know over the past fortnight, they confirmed, which I think everybody knew, which was they were moving, moving on with Trey Lance as the quarterback. Debo has since signed the contract. And one of the interesting points he made was, I'm, I'm now open to playing any position. or Whatever the snap is or whatever the play call is, I'm happy to do so. It's amazing what money will do in those situations. But do you think the, the offense is still geared in that way and structured? Because Trey Lance is very different to Jimmy. Garoppolo and will they continue to run that offense to I suppose to support the new quarterback or will they look to kind of expand the offense because he is a run orientated quarterback as much as as a throwing quarterback I think they'd be doing them themselves a giant disservice if they don't expand that offense right you listen let's go through the process of drafting Trey Lance right you traded multiple first round picks to go up into the top three to take him and there was a legit war room debate for weeks over him versus Mac Jones and I think when you go into that situation one of the reasons Trey Lance comes out on top is because he possesses a skill set that Kyle Shanahan traditionally has not gotten to work with yeah you can look at the year RG3 had when he first came into the league and that was unbelievable and RG3 I'll die on the hill has a skill set that I don't know if there's not going to be a lot of guys in our lifetime that we see with that kind of skill set before he got hurt. It was special. But when you look at what Kyle can do with a quarterback that not, not necessarily needs to be a runner, although Trey Lance can do that, but can move the pocket, right? Cut the field in half. Um, you go through reads of one, two, three, right up the sideline. There's a lot of different things that Trey can do. He can absorb big time hits. We know Jimmy's been banged up over the years. I think Trey Lance can absorb hits uh, that, might require him to hang in the pocket longer if they want to work the vertical passing game, whether that's Debo, whether that's Ayuk, whoever that may be, that'd be Kittle, a deep you know, tight end up the seam. So there's a lot of different things they can do where it forces the defense to respect Trey Lance's mobility. It sometimes forces a linebacker or a safety to be inching up and that can open up things over the top. So do I think Trey Lance mentally is going to be in a place where Jimmy Garoppolo was yet. That's not fair for a young quarterback that's come out of the FCS that didn't really get to play as a rookie. No quarterback would be there. But physically, because he's so much more talented as a runner and as a deep thrower, that might open up and unlock different portions of this offense that we just haven't seen yet. And that's a scary thought with Kyle Shanahan calling plays. Yeah, lots, uh, lots to look forward to uh, there, definitely in the Bay Area. Now, one of the coaches I thought who gave probably the, the most interesting interview, I think, of the offseason, potentially, Mike Tomlin, when he, he went on the Pivot podcast, that was really fascinating, and his kind of insights that he offered into to coaching. But Mike has maybe a little bit of a, a quandary, because um, the opening of camp, it doesn't seem to have gone very well for Mitchell Trubisky. It doesn't seem to have gone very well for Kenny Pickett. And all of a sudden, we're hearing that Mason Rudolph might end up getting some first-team reps. What, what are they going to do in Pittsburgh? I think that Mason Rudolph is getting the praise is actually a bad sign that he looks the best so far. You don't want that to be the case because Mason Rudolph has been around this league long enough uh, and is a physically limited quarterback that – we know what he is on his best day. I think now 
nobody should have been expecting Mitch Trubisky to come in and have this revitalized career, like a Tannehill kind of trajectory where he was dumped by his original team and now he's figuring out in a new place, even though he got... He went to Buffalo last year. A lot of people think that was a good refresher for him, a good pause in his career. I don't think anybody should expect that, but can you execute the simple things? This is a team that should be able to run the ball, and they're going to hand the ball to Najee Harris a lot. They are going to throw the ball to Najee Harris a lot. They have skill players galore that can catch the ball, whether it's Pat Fryermuth, the young tight end. We know what they have. I know there's a little hold-in going on with Deontay Johnson, but they have a lot of skill talent at wide receiver besides him. So overall... The, the job of whoever is under center is get the ball in these guys' hands and let them make plays. You don't have to drop back, scramble, be a superstar, throwing the ball 50 yards down the field over and over again. Uh, the problem is it sounds like all three of them, for the most part, are not doing the former, the simple part. So it's not time to hit the panic button yet. And Mike Tomlin is an incredible coach. The way he's managed a lot of different personalities over his tenure, he's won big games. Uh, he wins a lot of games every single year. That defense is going to be amazing. They can run the ball, but they will go as far as whoever is under center will take them. And it's not going to be Kenny Pickett right away. I don't buy that it's going to be Mason Rudolph. That puts pressure on Mitch Trubisky to not win them games, but like we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo last year with the San Francisco, uh, not lose them games, right? You can be the trailer. You can be pulled by the defense in the run game, but... The problem is right now, it sounds like we're not there yet where they feel comfortable uh, that that'll be the case. Connor, and just rewinding to last year's draft and, and Tevin Jenkins, the offensive lineman to Bears, a lot of people felt at the time, you know, in terms of scout reports, he would go in the first round. And there was obviously concerns around his injuries. And, and that's potentially why he fell to the second round. I know quite a lot of Bears fans and they felt he was a pick in the first round. So to get him in the second, they were delighted. He then only played six games last year. Reports going around this week that they're looking to potentially move him on. And you can understand to a certain extent because it's a new GM, it's a new head coach, there's no loyalty there. The Bears' offensive line kind of reminds me of my Giants where they've got him and ignored that offensive line for so long. And we've seen what's happened to Daniel Jones. Justin Fields had a tough year last year. What's your expectation for Justin Fields? Because if they don't put this line in place and it doesn't look like he's done a, a magnificent job so far this offseason, where's Justin Fields going to be this season? terms of his, his overall play it's hard to sit here and be confident in his development and, and it's you know I like Justin Fields as much as the next guy in that draft I had him in my top five players and I think when you look at it right now this new regime has not shown any sign of putting their foot on the gas and helping and aiding his development all you have to do guys is look around the league at the other quarterbacks that were in that draft class and the situations they were in Mac Jones is different. He was drafted outside the top 10. He walked into a better situation, and it was like that from year one. But year two, after a little bit of a disaster for Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance doesn't count. The Niners are in a different place, and he didn't play as a rookie. But let's just focus in on Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, who had tough situations as rookies. This offseason, Jacksonville hired a new coach, a coach that is an offensive mind, has won a Super Bowl, has helped quarterbacks throughout his career, knows the position for obvious reasons. They spent a ton of money, a ton of money in free agency. Now, we can sit here and criticize as much as we want how they spent that money, but they made an effort to make things better. They went into the draft and made an effort to make things better. The New York Jets, they spent money in free agency. They bought an entire new tight end room. They drafted a wide receiver 10th overall. They went out and paid Lakin Tomlinson top guard money. What did the Bears do in comparison to those two situations? And you're right. It's a new regime. So 
I'm not saying they're out on Justin Fields. That is not the, the case at all. But they're not doing anything that gives you a sense of urgency that Justin Fields has to take a giant step this year for their job security's sake. While you look at the Jets in Jacksonville, and there was just a totally different sense of urgency there. So you have to be concerned. Justin Fields is good enough that if the offense is creative and maximizes his ability of his accuracy, his mobility, then there's some creative things they can do. But the skill talent besides Darnell Mooney is underwhelming. The offensive line is patchwork on its best day, and that's a recipe for disaster. They seem to have stockpiled on, on a lot of wide receivers. You touched on Darnell Mooney. Alan Robinson obviously gone to the Rams. It's like as if they've stockpiled six or seven wide receivers and will find three or four within that that can fit the scheme and that will work. But like, like anything, the offensive line is not going to work if the quarterback is on his back. And here's the thing with Justin Fields, and there's not every quarterback has their pros and cons. And with Justin Fields, and this is the case for most young quarterbacks, but I think it's uh, magnified with him. He is a guy that I think has a little bit longer of a release and a guy that, like all young quarterbacks, sometimes is going to take a little longer to see things and will work to his second and third reads with his mobility. We saw Zach Wilson do that a lot last year. We saw Trevor Lawrence do that a lot last year. Young quarterbacks often do that. What aids that is giving them more time. And how do you get more time? Great pass protection. So it's frustrating. I mean, and some people might counter, well, they just added Riley Reef in the final hour of training camp starting. That's, it's not enough. It's not. It's an addition that a lot of teams would have made as their swing tackle. That's the reality. And he's going in there and he's a starter for them at a day one on the right side of the offensive line where the left side uh, is a total question mark or of unproven. So I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I believe in his talent. But I think when you rank the situations that those five guys, and we can, let's include Davis Mills in that situation, who they drafted an offensive lineman with a top 20 pick. When you rank the situations of quarterbacks going into year two, it's hard to put Justin Fields on the more optimistic side due to what's around him. Can I say that uh, D Davis Mills' mom uh, encouraging him to approach uh, turtleneck sweater companies? Mastermind. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Kudos to her. Somebody needs to take her into the marketing department in, in an NFL franchise because I think that lady's on to, to something. Um, Listen, there's there's no one that's going to be more honest with you than your own mother. So kudos to her is right. Uh, and listen, I guarantee this works now. Now that it's out, there is going to be somebody, some men's designer company that makes turtlenecks that gets one of them on Davis Mills for an Instagram post. Yeah, well, I think I think you're probably right. It will have, it'll have manifested itself. Uh, I, I think um, we talked earlier about um, the Bay Area in California, but the Tampa Bay Bucks. When we had you on last, there'd already been drama. It, continu it continues uh, in, in all sorts of, of different ways, but they have lost, um, you know, their, their starting center, but they've also added, you know, and, and Gronk retiring for maybe, let's see what happens in December, and couple January. months. But, yeah, but they've brought in Rudolph, they've brought in Julio, um, Tom is, is there. Um, what, what are the expectations for the Bucks with, with a, with a new head coach, um, with, with some new pieces, and, and obviously they're going to have two, two new pieces now on that line. Listen, wherever Tom Brady plays, the expectations is, are simple. It's to be in the Super Bowl again. And I know Tom has those personal expectations every year, rightfully so. 
And I think the way the torch was passed with the changing of the coaching staff makes the transition a little less jarring where I'd heard for a long time that when Bruce was going to move on from being the head coach of that team that, and we know Todd took a lot of interviews elsewhere. That was Todd's job. And Byron Leftwich has worked under Bruce where the offense is not going to drastically change in a sense. So I think that's one area where I look at it and, you know, you don't want to minimize the loss of a great coach like Bruce Arians, especially when you get hit with the face of adversity, but overall, that shouldn't change things up. Now, when you bring up the injury to Ryan Jensen, uh, you know, J.C. Treader is out there on the free agent market, and I, there's no replacing what Ryan Jensen brings, the nastiness, the leadership, how much he wanted to remain a Tampa Bay Buck and play with Tom. But Treader is, you know, when you get to this point of camp, the external free agent market is often not pretty. And when you have a gigantic injury, it's pretty rare that you can go find a guy that you could sign and then you could survive in that spot. I think Treader is the answer in my eyes for that. And if you're Treader, you've been in Cleveland for a long time. Uh, you're a guy that's been, you know, a big spokesman for the NFLPA, the leadership mentality and all those things. Why not go chase the Super Bowl down in the Florida sun with Tom Brady? So that's something I have my eyes on. Julio, obviously, had that idea as well. It's interesting. They got Gage. They got healthy Godwin now. They got Mike Evans. We don't know what will happen with Gronk. Either way, they'll be fine. Leonard Fournette's back in the fold, despite whatever people say about his weight. He'll work that off in the summer. So, me for the Bucks, uh, the stability they have, the ability to re-sign their own free agents, and the fact that Tom Brady came back, the expectations have to be to be back in a Super Bowl. Connor, we, we were fortunate to interview uh, General Manager Joe Shane of the Giants there recently, and you could tell throughout the interview how himself and Brian Davis seem to be on the same page, which is very different to what we've experienced with Gettleman and Joe Judge previously. Um, we're seeing things in camp, like three players in the backfield, Saquon, Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Tony, stuff that Giants fans haven't seen in a long time. But the one player that's really standing out in this camp, I know it's all it's very early, is Wandale Robinson uh, picked in the second round. And there was a lot of people kind of questioned that over the time because Sky Moore was still on the board in the second round. He's gone to the Chiefs and seems to be doing very well there. What's your expectations for Wandale Robinson? Can he ever break out here, albeit his first year? I think there's a specific way they can use him and will use him. And, and Dable's already shown that deck of cards with what he did in Buffalo, where you look at Wandale and the pick surprised me because I think Kadarius Tony can fill a lot of the same roles. And Kadarius Tony, you know, if he's ready to go and, and there and healthy, I mean, we saw in flashes what he could do on film. It's real. And with Wandale, it's a similar skill set where you want to use those guys in the slot. And you want to find quick hitting touches in space to get them the ball to make somebody miss and go. Now, with Wandale, I think you're going to see creativity in a sense of uh, sweeps, reverses, quick hitting screens, bubble screens, a lot of touches like that that are often behind the line of scrimmage to generate yards after contact or generate yards with the ball in his hand. So I think when it comes down to it, that's where Wandale will factor in. We know, obviously, Kenny Galladay is an outside receiver or should be an outside receiver in that offense. We know Tony's a flex guy that can be moved inside and outside. So the Giants, they inherited a situation that they're still trying to get that offense right. They're trying to figure out what they have in Daniel Jones. It's their first year working with him. They got bookends a tackle, which my philosophy, that is the most important thing. Evan Neal's going to be a good one. Andrew Thomas, I think, has really figured it out. I was a big fan of Andrew Thomas. I know the rookie season was tough. I thought he figured it out last year, and from what I've seen in clips of training camp, he looks smooth this year. He looks like he's in good shape. He looks like he's really settled in nicely to the NFL level. So 
that's going to buy Daniel Jones more time. I think it's going to be an offense that's more creative than what we saw with Jason Garrett in previous years. And that means everybody's going to be involved. And that means Wandale Robinson. There's not going to be no red shirting with him. They're going to have the ball in his hands. And I suppose just, um, you know, final one for, for me, Connor. Um, when we spoke to you last, um, the, the Chargers were everywhere that was talking about them, right? They'd had this great kind of off-season free agency. They'd signed people. People were really impressed by their draft class. Um, we, we spoke to Tom Telesco just after that, and he, he was just steady Eddie, right? And, and, <laughs> yeah. and then it seems that that's kind of the way they've been. And, and they, there's been all of this stuff that's gone on over the past few weeks and months, but the Chargers have just kind of gotten uh, gotten along with it, other than Keenan Allen kind of enjoying, you know, poking fun at Russell Wilson. But everything else, everything about their camp, just flown under the, the radar. Um, a, a lot of people have them ahead of the, the Chiefs for the AFC West. Is that where you see them? I don't. And now you're asking the wrong person because growing up in New York as a Jets fan every year, and this obviously hasn't mattered recently, but there was a time many moons ago, people would ask me, is this the year that the Patriots don't win the division? And I have a mantra that until I see it, the answer is never going to change. So until I see the Chargers do it, the prediction is not going to change as long as Patrick Mahomes is on this earth on green grass. So now, that's not to take away that we know the expanded postseason. We know they have a young star quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the football. They have a coach that obviously is very creative and forward thinking. Derwin James not practicing for seven days in a row right now, or when we record this podcast, you know, a, a decent amount of time. Derwin is, to me, so vital because he's a rare player at the position, and it's all about being healthy. So that's really, really important. I know Derwin's contract situation is involved. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. The Chargers are a very good team. I think the Chargers are the second best team in that division. I think the Chargers are a playoff team. Uh, but I think it will not be easy. Denver's going to be good. The Raiders are going to be good. That division is an absolute dogfight right now. And the Chargers, you go back to Telesco kind of being you know, very even-keeled. They've been snake-bitten by very unfortunate injuries for so long that I think everybody holds their breath when making bold proclamations about them. So... I won't pick against the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs this year. It's not groundbreaking take. But the Chargers, there's no reason to think that they're not one of the ascending teams in the NFL. Connor, final one for me, it's it's the Colts, and it's it's going to be a very interesting season. You know, I saw a stat today. This will be the fifth quarterback I think Frank Reich has had since he's gone to Indianapolis. And it's crazy. Maybe this is the one that will get him over the line because, you know, in terms of making, making a real push in the playoffs, well, bear in mind that they did have a a wild card against the Bills, in which uh, Philip Rivers played really well two years ago. But the Matt Ryan, like people are kind of saying, oh yeah, he's got the experience and he had a great career in in Atlanta. But if, uh, there also is the conversation that he kind of fell off slightly because of the poor team which he was playing. But has the has the momentum changed in that division? Because Tennessee have obviously traded away AJ Brown. They've got a fourth round wide receiver coming in. We're not sure where they're at. Is, is are from your point of view, is the Colts the favorites for the division? They are. They would be. They are my pick. Um, I think that Matt Ryan's demise has been greatly over-exaggerated because of the unfortunate demise of Atlanta's roster over the years. And I think that for the Colts, 
I think there's a different level or a different mood there with Matt Ryan under center. It felt like there was just a lot of odd question marks during the Wentz era there. They've obviously had a lot of turbulent quarterback situations there recently. And I just think with Matt Ryan, it's the exact opposite. It's so even keeled. It's a guy that, uh, forget the work ethic, but the demeanor, managing a huddle, managing an offense, not trying to be a hero. For a team, let's be real, what better landing spot for Matt Ryan than the Colts with that offensive line and Jonathan Taylor behind them and Naheem Hines to throw him the ball. Michael Pittman, a a breakout wide receiver. They got talent at tight end. They got a hard-nosed defense that's well-coached. I I look at the situation and everything's just coming together perfectly for them to win that division. I think the Titans have taken a small step back. I love Traylon Burks. It's not fair for to think Traylon Burks is AJ Brown. You're one. That's just just is not realistic. Robert Woods coming off the injury, really good player, but once again, it's just a team that I think it has kind of either stayed even or taken a little step back, and I, I think that opens the door for the Colts. Jacksonville, they're going to be better. It's it's not there yet. The Texans in a very odd place. That roster's not where it needs to be. So this is we talked about the AFC West. And it's a dogfight between four teams. I look at the South. Man, I, I think the Colts are the only team that, that make the playoffs out of that entire division. You touched on Traylon Burks there. I, I suppose his season will be probably deemed in terms of how, how well Ryan Tannehill plays because we saw like his last game, unfortunately, in the playoffs was so inconsistent. And we see it throughout the season last year where he has some really great games. Then he loses a game at home, for example, to the Texans. So... So having spoke to a few Titans fans, they don't know where they're, where they're at with him. And that's that's ultimately where I think the problem lies. Yeah, it's a, and here's the other thing. Now, I don't know he was drafted in the third round, but you know people are going to eventually want to see Malik Willis if things don't start out the way for Ryan Tannehill that they hope. So it's not the worst situation where they draft a guy in the first round and the clock's ticking, right? Nobody's looking around and going, oh, this is Malik Willis' job by like week five if Tannehill has a slow start. He's... Tannehill's earned more than that, but you're right where you look at it and go, man, he's been a little shaky lately. And the Titans are a team that I think have hit that frustration wall where they want to be what the Bengals were last year. They want to be a big time player. They have a great coach, a guy that could win coach of the year every year. They have, you know, obviously the most consistent running back in the NFL who's back now and healthy. They have an offensive run scheme that works. It's proven to work, but there's just a missing ingredient there. They don't have a star at quarterback, and you know I, the defense has some of its holes. As great as a star Jeffrey Simmons is and Byard is on the back end, I, I just look at that team and think they'll go as far as Tannehill takes them as well. I know it's a little cliche to say, but I, that's where I stop being a big-time believer. Uh, well, plenty to, to look forward to uh, in the, the season ahead. Connor, we always enjoy having you on with us. Hopefully, we can do this over pints at, at some point. Please. We we want to wish you continued success. If I can make one request for, for the season, it's that you uh, add more Andre the Giant content to your uh, your Twitter Done. feed. Uh, Always all, all enjoy that. But Connor Rogers, yeah, you're, you're a gentleman. We hope to see you on Rich Eisen and, El, and everywhere. You're, you're always a fantastic guest. And uh, we'll, we'll chat to you again soon. Andre the Giant content memes guaranteed. That is uh, a big part of the content plan this fall. Guys, you are awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Let's do it again soon.